As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. God, I can never get over that amazing theme music. And that just might be our theme song for the whole entire show, to be honest. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Game Changer. I am indeed Nate the Effin' Great. And you can always follow me on Twitter at Real Game. It is also Follow Fridays. So if you do indeed want to follow somebody, follow them back. And just spread the love, guys. Spread the love. So... We are doing another edition of This Week in Wrestling. Quite a bit to talk about, including build-up to Money in the Bank. And we also got NXT TakeOver that's getting build-up. Of course, guys, I've mentioned this before. Uh, myself and a couple other people, we will be going to see NXT TakeOver Chicago as well as Money in the Bank when it comes to Chicago uh, this uh, June. Actually, it's going to be one month away, so I am going to be promoting this anytime that I can, whether it's on the Game Changer with Victory Bell or on This Week in Wrestling. Uh, I'll lay it off on some other things. But anyway, so starting off with this is going to be the question, why didn't I do a post-show deal for Backlash? So Sunday was a bit of a rough day for me, and Backlash did not help, other than Seth Rollins versus Miz, which was absolutely amazing. But then after that, it felt like that show just jumped right into a dumpster that was beginning to light on fire. And then just as it reaches the dumpster, the flames just got out of control and everything went to hell. Everything about this show just screamed, are you kidding me? I mean, let's just go through the card really quick. Like I said, Seth Rollins versus Miz was great. We had Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass, which was a bit of a letdown, and I guess a lot of people are not very happy with Big Cass right now because they were hoping that he was going to be the next big star and that he was going to do so much more, but he just didn't do much. 
Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss went on way too long, and it went in a different direction than what a lot of people wanted it to be. Uh, and the post-match deal where Nia Jax talks about, you know, bullying and stuff like that, it just, it was a good promo, but I just don't think it really fit her character too much. That's just my opinion. Uh, trying to think of another thing that happened there. Oh, we had uh, Carmella versus Charlotte. Charlotte was basically carrying Carmella throughout that matchup. All Carmella was doing was just screaming and yelling and doing holds and sometimes a super kick. And it was a super kick that helped her win the match. It. Oh, my God. Just uh, what is going on with my life? I just do not understand this at all. Um, another positive thing that came out of this was the match itself between Shinsuke Nakamura and, honestly, AJ Styles. It was a really good matchup. It was very physical, and it was a no-DQ matchup, so anything could and did indeed happen. This was brutal. These guys were definitely putting on a physical matchup, probably even more just as physical. Actually, this is probably the second most physical matchup that they put on since their Wrestle Kingdom uh, clash a few years ago. This was very intense. And honestly, the thing that actually scared me the most was that chair deal where uh, AJ Styles threw it at Shinsuke Nakamura's knee and it ricocheted off at Nakamura's knee what the hell is in Nakamura's knee? Does he have like a steel knee in there or something like that? Uh, and that ricocheted and hit AJ in the face. And now literally he has a scar in his face where it literally looks like somebody just took like a giant cigar or like one of those giant like uh, coals that you would see at like a sauna and they put it on his face way too long. It, it's really brutal seeing that. But I'm sure AJ Styles wears it proudly. He's just saying like, hey, this is what it comes with the job. And I'm sure he basically tells his wife, you got to kiss me on this cheek now because, uh, yeah, this one's a little bit messed up. Uh, I loved the back and forth, you know, low blows deal. Uh, the final finish was a bit bad. And by a bit, I mean very confusing. But that's also because of the fact that apparently, even though there was no disqualification, there was still indeed countouts. Why, oh, Why? Because you assume with no DQ matches, the no count-out stipulation is already implied. Obviously, in this scenario, nope, not at all the case. It just made absolutely no sense doing that. I mean, honestly, I remember a no DQ matchup between Shawn Michaels and Kane back in 2004, where it was a no-disqualification matchup, and it was funny because there was some points where they were just both knocked down, and the referee was just kind of looking at them, each looking at both of them, and they're just like, "Well, what, what, what do I do? What do I do?" It's it's kind of weird for me, but he at least kept it, you know, no countouts for that. It's just really weird that they didn't do that for the WWE title match here, but whatever, I guess. Um, a lot of people were definitely pissed off about the fact that. This matchup didn't go on last, but with that finish, I can kind of understand why. But at the same time, I think it would have been better still than what we got for the main event. Uh, we had Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley defeating Sami Zayn Kevin Owens. No surprise there. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe. They closed out the show. 
It was, yeah, it it was a thing. I mean, Samoa Joe looked great. I mean, he also had that great spot where he caught Roman Reigns after a drive-by kick, uh, who's going for a drive-by kick, and he just grabs him from the ringside area back into the ring. I thought that was awesome. Other than that, this matchup, it's just not really worth mentioning, I guess. I don't know. It just, it, it, this was not one of the better events. Oh, how could I forget? We had Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton. This was not one of their better matches. They had better matches in, you know, in the past. But I will say that even though, you know, even for their age, they still put on a good matchup nonetheless. Um. Yeah, that was. Uh, that's it. Like I said, backlash was a dumpster fire, except for the first match. Other than that, nobody really gave two bits of a rat's ass about uh, the show. There were people that were leaving during the main events. Uh, rumors going around about what Vince McMahon thought. Uh, some think that he thought that you know people were leaving because you know people had to go to work and kids had to go to school tomorrow. So that was why. And they also said it was also because of like it was eleven thirty their time. It did feel like it went on a little bit longer than it needed to be. I did not understand why. It just... Uh, it was bad. It was bad. Um, yeah, this was a very bad event, like I said. Um, I did get entertainment with Elias and Bobby Roode and you know everything else that went on during that segment. I thought that was amazing. But other than that, yeah, there was very little to positives about this event it just it just says why why wwe are you going 20 steps backwards when you could be going 40 steps forward with so many of these rivalries you could be doing so much why this makes no sense why honestly if they were going to do that whole count out stipulation deal they should have just made it a last man staying match between nakamura and aj that is the honest to gospel truth they would have at least made sense, but we got that. Great. And we're probably going to get one more matchup, which is either going to be, honestly, a last man standing match or an Iron Man match, but we will see at Money in the Bank. So, uh, Speaking of Money in the Bank, they did announce that there's going to be two Money in the Bank ladder matches, which will feature men's and women's ladder matches. And a third one that has been very heavily rumored is a third ladder match for the tag team belts. Okay, so there are some people that like this idea. I'm one of those people that hates that idea. I think that it is massive overkill to do that. If they wanted to do a third ladder match, they could have just honestly had, you know, a Raw men's and a SmackDown men's matchup, and then they could have done a Raw women's and a SmackDown women's deal, but I'm thankful that they're doing that. They're, they're not doing that, that they're doing... Two ladder matches. One for men, one for women. Totally okay with that. A tag team one would just be overkill. Because how are you going to make that work? It just doesn't seem very practical. You know what I mean? My honest opinion is that if they wanted to do something special with the tag team division, bring the Dusty Classic to the main roster. And honestly, I would have this be a yearly thing... That happens after WrestleMania. As soon as WrestleMania is over, they have maybe qualifying matches or the first round deals where tag teams all compete on all three brands. Uh, Raw, 
SmackDown, and NXT. And you could make this work. You can spread this out all the way till, I would say, whatever the July pay-per-view is, whether it's the... Um, whether it's Extreme Rules, whether it's Battleground, I think it would be much cooler if it was on Battleground, but I'll take Extreme Rules if that's the case, and have the top teams from those three brands all competing in like a triple threat style. You could even make it a triple threat elimination style or a triple threat ladder match deal. And the winning team gets to face a tag team champion of their choice at SummerSlam. And that would be one of those things that would be built up as a headline matchup. So that would actually be really amazing. And in all honesty, if a lot of people are thinking like, well, who should really be a part of it? Put in people that haven't been in the tag team title picture for a while or haven't been in it at all. Can you imagine, you know, Breezango winning this? Can you imagine uh, maybe War Raiders that they won this deal? Or somebody on SmackDown, maybe The Bar win it? And it would still honor the legacy of Dusty Rhodes because he believes that all great talent definitely deserves to be in the spotlight. And he's one of those guys who bred talent. He looked at a lot of people who didn't, who a lot of people didn't, who looked at and they said like, well, we don't see a star with them. He was just like, no, I see a lot of potential in them, baby. Sorry, that's my best Dusty Rhodes impression. But he saw potential in a lot of people. And that would be the best way to honor it. And don't make it so obvious on who's going to win. Have a lot of curveballs. And if they want to, experiment with a couple of other tag teams that maybe are just made up. Maybe indeed have Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman as a team. But maybe they get dethroned by the Authors of Pain. Or maybe they get an upset victory by uh, by Brizongo. In all honesty, I would love to see that. I would love to see them have that upset and where people are just like, oh, well, this this changes a lot of things. This this changes like a lot of the predictions. That's what I think what should happen with the tag team division, but that's just my idea. And I'm just a lowly podcaster, but it's an idea nonetheless. So, like I said, they did actually have some qualifying matches and build up to the Money in the Bank uh, matches going into uh, going going into the event. They have four spots filled for the men's and two spots filled for the women's. So there's going to be four on each brand that are going to be competing. So for Raw, Braun Strowman qualified by beating Kevin Owens. Uh, Ember Moon qualified by defeating Ruby Riot And I almost said Peyton Royce, but that's not it. Um, and Sasha Banks, that's right, that's right. And I want to actually talk about one thing here. Because this was brought up during the event. And I am actually very disgusted by this. Even though it's a very special moment. So, do you remember... I think it was maybe... I want to say it was maybe a year ago. Or maybe it was sooner. I can't remember exactly when it was. Uh, it, had, it had to have been like... It had to have been sometime last year. Uh, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar, they're in their, they're in the ring and they're doing a deal and somebody proposed to their, their significant other in the crowd. And of course, Paul Heyman played off of that and just saying, you know, she only said yes because she's never been with a beast like Brock Lesnar. That worked fine. 
it was one of those things where it turned into gold. Where I think a lot of people were still pissed off about that. I was one of those things where I was initially pissed off, but Paul Heyman handled that so well. When you're in a matchup, you don't have that opportunity to play that off. And the crowd in Long Island, they were dead for this match. And then when this happened, everybody's just like, oh, she said yes, she said yes, yay, yay, there's a proposal here. Are you kidding me? These three women are out here busting their asses, and they put on one hell of a they put on one hell of a matchup. It was amazing. It was probably one of the best triple threat women's matches I've seen in a while. It was awesome, and I was very happy to see Ember Moon win. But it was also tainted at the fact that somebody decided to do a proposal when this matchup happened. It is completely unacceptable that they did that. As much as I would love to see, you know, hey, happy for you and best luck to you guys in your future. This is one of those things where I am more pissed off than anything. I cannot believe that they went down that road to disrespect the people that are in the ring entertaining you and you decide that somehow this matchup is so boring even though it is actually amazing that they decide, oh, let's do the proposal right now. This was stupid. This was one of the dumbest things that people could have done. Are you kidding me? I would never have done anything like that during a matchup. And there's so many people that want that attention. They'll go streak in the ring or they'll try something really dumb. They'll do the beach volleyballs and they'll do stuff like that. Focus on the matches itself. I get it. Some people are not happy with WWE because they are not providing the best quality matches like they used to. But you still show respect in the ring to the people that are in there, damn it. And you don't do stuff like that. So in the case of Paul Heyman, I thought it was okay because Paul Heyman could play off of it. But when there are three women in the ring and they are putting on one hell of a matchup and you decide to taint that by making a marriage proposal, that is one thing that is unacceptable. So many fans in Long Island have lost my respect now. But it's not like I was going to go to Long Island at all, probably anyway. No, I wasn't planning on it, and I probably never will now. It's not on my list of places I want to go. Uh, The other matchup was another triple threat match, which featured Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, Sami Zayn. Really good matchup. These guys really just took it to another level. Uh, The end result was very surprising. Uh, Roman Reigns looked like he was going to pick up the victory. Uh, Jinder Mahal, who actually was saying to Kurt, put me in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Give me a spot. There were a lot of people that actually wanted a spot in the Money in the Bank matchup as well as to even get a qualifying matchup. Bobby Roode, Elias, a lot of other people during this event wanted that opportunity and Kurt is just telling people you know you have to earn it you have to earn it and he told Jinder Mahal the same thing Jinder went out and he defeated Chad Gable and Jinder was saying like well that should probably earn it and Kurt's like no you 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 won one match but every other matchup you've lost so you've got a lot to prove before you can do that so Jinder takes it out on Roman Reigns which allows Finn Balor to hit the coup de gras on Sami Zayn and qualify for the Money in the Bank match very happy to see that Finn Balor gets an opportunity. So, ending on Raw, we see possibly Jinder Mahal versus Roman Reigns as a very soon-to-be feud. And mainly a lot of people are noticing that WWE is trying to keep, do this thing 
where Roman Reigns is getting screwed over by the authority, and he's basically getting treated, mistreated by management, and they're doing this weird little storyline here. He's supposed to be the universal champion, and blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing. Didn't Roman Reigns already beat the authority? Wasn't the story already done? That was why we had that culmination in that matchup between Roman Reigns and Triple H at WrestleMania 32. Was to show that Roman Reigns is better than the authority. In in a way, I guess. But now they're basically just recycling that and making it again so that way Roman gets pity? Are you kidding me? No! Don't know! This is stupid. You want to know what's going to really help Roman Reigns? Have him actually wrestle like he was doing for the Intercontinental title. Have him wrestle like he was doing with AJ Styles. Have him wrestle like he's an actual damn wrestler. Don't just make him spam moves. Don't make him just keep doing Superman punch after Superman punch after Superman punch. Then a spear, then a spear. Oh, hey, one, two, three, he wins. Yay. No, that's not how you do it. Have Roman Reigns actually work well as a wrestler. Maybe have him work with somebody to help get his promo skills better. In all honesty, I would love to see him work with Paul Heyman. Maybe that would help him out. Just work on things that he can improve on. Don't focus on the deals where you're trying to get the crowd to actually have them you know, like him. Doing it like that is not going to work. You have to improve them. Otherwise, it's just not going to work at all. And a lot of people in WWE, they're, they're throwing their hands up and they're like, well, we give up on Roman Reigns. We've tried, we've tried, but nobody really wants him. It just blind boggles me that they're trying to do the same thing over and over again with this guy. And they don't get it. It's not working. Don't do these same things. When it worked, when it was with Daniel Bryan, it worked for him because everything made sense. He was over with the crowd. People loved him. He was great in the ring. His mic skills were good. But when they're doing the same thing with Roman Reigns, like I said, there's flaws. You have to really better those flaws before you can really get to that point. So, in all honesty, it makes sense for Jinder Mahal to go after Roman because Jinder's going to be saying how Roman Reigns, he is taking all the opportunity away from young talent like me. And people are going to get behind him because it's true. They're not going to get behind Roman. As much as they don't like Jinder Mahal, they're not going to like him just because he interfered in one match. Jinder Mahal is going to speak the truth and people are going to love him. There are so many people that are saying, hey, thank you, Jinder, you saved Monday Night Raw. So in all honesty, you have to find a different way. Maybe turn Roman heel. Maybe have him be more aggressive. Do something different with him. Don't just do the same thing over and over again. I swear, if they have Jinder Mahal versus Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank, I may just have that as my bathroom break excuse. Because if they build it up the same way that they built Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns the last two times, I am not going to have any of it. I'm sorry. I know I should be respectful to the guys in the ring, but I am not going to tolerate that. It's stupid. And I get it. Roman Reigns is over with the kids. That's good. But even kids are going to get tired of the same thing over and over again. They grow up. You have to keep their attention with more cool things than just two moves. Do something different with Roman. Otherwise, he is going to die in on the grounds that he stands on. His career will die. I guarantee it. So... 
Moving on to SmackDown, shall we? We had a couple more uh, Money in the Bank qualifiers. We had um, Jeff Hardy taking on The Miz in another great matchup. And, the su- oh my gosh, the ending actually surprised me. Uh, Jeff Hardy hit a twist of fate and a swanton bomb. And I thought to myself, oh gosh, here we go. This is not going to be good. But no, as soon as Jeff Hardy went for a pin, Miz countered with a pin of his own. One, two, three. Miz qualifies for the Money in the Bank ladder match. And already people are like, oh man, Miz is going to win. He's going to get the briefcase and he's going to you know, become WWE Champion. It's going to be awesome. In all honesty, I would love to see Miz hold the WWE Championship one more time. But I even made the case that wouldn't it be cool if the Miz, and I'm hoping that they still do this, cashed in on a weakened Brock Lesnar, and he beats Brock. He would not only be a hero to the fans, but he could make that Universal Championship so relevant, and he could make it so prestigious. And it would make sense. It would make honest-to-God perfect sense, because they could be having the feud with Miz and Daniel Bryan. Miz doesn't want anything more to do with Daniel Bryan, so he cashes in on Brock, and he goes back to Raw. It makes sense. And uh, speaking of Daniel Bryan, I'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, we also had, uh, this was actually very interesting. They had a segment with um, The Bar and The New Day where Sheamus is just eating Lucky Charms. And he did, the, he did a little Irish joke where he's saying, like, it's like, you know, they're always after me, Lucky Charms. And Cesaro opens his bag, and there's pancakes in it. And then Sheamus opens his bag, and there's pancakes in there. And we see them build up to a match between Cesaro and Xavier Woods, which was a very good matchup. And Cesaro won. So this is one of those things where it's like, oh, well, they're 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 building up to something amazing with these guys. And we could indeed see something more going into, especially next week. Oh, my gosh. Uh Next week's Raw and SmackDowns are going to be in the UK. And one of the matches that is happening next week for SmackDown is going to be the New Day versus The Bar. And one of the members will receive a spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match. So this could go one of two different ways. Either A, they go with Cesaro and he goes on to Money in the Bank. Or they start building up Big E. Because there's been a lot of rumors that they want to really push Big E after... And maybe have Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston still work as a tag team. Then Big E can go off and be, you know, a single star of his own. Maybe get into at least the upper car, upper mid-card level, I think. Some people might say that he deserves to be in the main event. It would be kind of cool to see Big E versus AJ Styles for the title. Or Big E versus Nakamura. Or Big E versus Samoa Joe. Oh man, that would actually be intense. Um... But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do next week for their Money in the Bank. And this will be their third spot that they fill for SmackDown. Uh, Charlotte defeated Peyton Royce for a spot in the women's ladder match. I'm okay with this, and a lot of people are okay with Charlotte winning because this keeps her out of the title picture for a while. And there's a lot of people that are not going to see Charlotte winning the championship uh, anytime soon. So, I want to do a little bit of an early prediction deal, at least with the women's. I'll go into the men's one more uh, next month. But with the women's one, what I'm hoping is that they put the briefcase 
on somebody who really needs it. And I think the person that needs it the most right now is Becky Lynch. She has gone through a lot. She has almost become an afterthought. And literally, it's sad to see because she doesn't deserve that. She really doesn't. She's the first ever SmackDown Live Women's Champion. And honestly, she should have been the first ever woman to win the SmackDown Live Money in the Bank uh, women's match. It should have been her. I'm not even kidding. Because they could have done something great. They could have had maybe even her cash in on Charlotte. And she turns heel. Can you imagine heel Becky Lynch versus Charlotte at Backlash? That would have been better. That would have been amazing. I would have been okay with that. And they could still probably do that. Uh, Another person they could probably put it on would be maybe Asuka. Even though I don't think she really needs it. She's very dominant on her own. Another person they probably could put it on would be... I, would even, I probably would say Mandy Rose. I think Mandy Rose could probably pull it off. I I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with the women's ladder match. And it's going to be interesting to see who they put in it. Because so far, they, like I said, they have Ember Moon and they have Charlotte. Two spots are filled. They've got six more women that have to get filled in that spot. So maybe they'll put in Billy Kay. Maybe they'll somehow put in Billy. They'll put in uh, Peyton Royce again. Uh, you know, in all honesty, I would love it if one of these times for the final spot of either ladder match would be contested in a battle royal. Have all the Ross, have all the you know women or the men competing for that final spot, and you could even make it an upset. You could make it somebody that nobody would suspect. And it would be great. Uh, the final wa- spot that was filled was for the men's SmackDown uh, roster. And it was Rusev versus Daniel Bryan. And I think a lot of people definitely were thinking that Daniel Bryan was going to win. Because I think right off the bat, you could see the Miz versus Daniel Bryan happening in that matchup. But that was not meant to be. In the end, Rusev won. Rusev defeat Daniel Bryan clean. And I was literally like, what? what you ser- yes! Yes, of course, yes, and everything, yes! I'm okay with this. Rusev Day is going to money in the bank, and I loved it. I thought it was amazing. And there's people complaining about it. There are people complaining about the fact that, oh, well... Daniel Bryan lost, so he's never going to get a title shot again and everything. Okay, so for those that are thinking that Daniel Bryan should be just shot put it into the main event title picture, I'm going to say to you this. You are not thinking straight. It's not practical to have Daniel Bryan just go right into the main event scene right away. It makes no sense. He just got back. He really needs to build himself up again. And in all honesty, I'm still concerned that he may get hurt. You have to remember that when you're the main guy, when you are the WWE Champion, you have to put on matches like like five-star matches like every single night you can. It just doesn't comfort me that well. So I would much rather see Daniel Bryan stay out of that main event title picture at least until Royal Rumble. Have him win the Rumble, have him go on to WrestleMania, 
That way people can be like, hey, yeah, we're getting Daniel Bryan, the main event of WrestleMania. And honestly, if they want to do maybe Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe or Bryan versus Nakamura, Bryan versus AJ Styles, there's a lot of possibilities that could go there. But build it up properly. Have Daniel Bryan have some very some good matches. I think that you know a match between him and Miz at SummerSlam is definitely the best route to go. Um, maybe he could win the United States Championship for a little while. Maybe have him hold it for like three months. Maybe he tries to do outdo John Cena in the you know U.S. Open, and honestly, even have the rematch between Daniel Bryan and John Cena. Have them fight over the U.S. title for one night. I think that would be absolutely amazing. And it would bring a lot of prestige to the U.S. title again. But for those that are still complaining that Daniel Bryan lost, and it's a sad thing, and he should be in the main event title picture, and yada, 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 give it time. Don't just expect him to get back in right away. I'm at the point right now where I'm still looking forward to seeing him wrestle, but I don't want to see him get hurt. Give it time. Let him work with other people. Let him maybe even think up of new moves that he can do. Let him just give it time, and he'll get into it. All right, so uh, there's been a lot of actually talk about what's going on for NXT TakeOver Chicago. Uh, there have been matches that have been confirmed, and there have been matches that have been rumored. I'm going to just start with the stuff that has been rumored right now. So what's rumored right now is that there's either going to be like a six-man tag team matchup between Undisputed Era, uh, Pete Dunne, Danny Burch, and Oni Lorcan. Or there could be a tag team title match between Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch taking on the Undisputed Era's, you know, uh, I think it's Kyle O'Reilly, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, Roderick Strong. That, those are some matches that would be really good. But another match that would be amazing is to put the UK Championship on the line, having Pete Dunne versus Roderick Strong. And I could see Regal banning, you know, Undisputed Era. I could see him... <sighs> excuse me, I could see him, you know, banning... Lorkin and uh, Birch making it a clean, straight up one-on-one between Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. I think that would be absolutely amazing. Do I see Roderick Strong winning? No. But I do see them putting on one hell of a matchup and definitely elevating Pete Dunne that much more. Another matchup that's kind of in the rumors but is also kind of confirmed is going to be Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream. I love Ricochet. I loved when he was Prince Puma. I loved him when he was just playing on Puma back in TNA. It he's just a very good athletic and very gifted at wrestler. And Velveteen Dream is just one of those guys who is doing absolutely amazing. He's getting better and better as time has gone on. This is great seeing these two young guys. They're gonna probably tear the house down if it happens. Uh, confirmed matches are Nikki Cross versus Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. A lot of people were kind of confused as to why Nikki Cross wasn't called up with Sanity, even though Sanity is right now with uh, SmackDown. This is kind of, I think, Nikki Cross's like swan song before 
she maybe gets called up to the main roster. It's possible. I think that's what they were going for at this point. But it looks like that'll be a really good matchup. Nikki Cross just plain flat out insane versus Shayna Baszler who takes no crap from nobody and just kicks ass. This is going to be a really good matchup. Uh, the NXT Championship, Lars Sullivan challenging Aleister Black. So probably within the next few weeks we'll see uh, Andrade Cien Almas get his rematch against Aleister and that'll be his you know send-off to SmackDown. Which is also another thing I've forgot to mention was that uh, Andrade Cien Almas is going to be debuting this upcoming uh, Smackdown in the UK. It's going to be absolutely amazing. It's going to be awesome and I'm going to absolutely love it. And the main event looks to be a Chicago street fight between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. This is going to really just... Oh my gosh. They had that no-sanctioned matchup in... uh, at the last takeover, takeover New Orleans, yeah, and it was already brutal. How are they going to even touch that in this matchup? I mean, street fight—you're basically going to be fighting all over the place. People are just going to be absolutely insane. There's going to be a lot of things that are either going to be the same thing as their last encounter, but I think that they're going to also do a lot of stuff that a lot of people are definitely not expecting. I would love to see. Uh, what is it? Uh, Champa do a air raid siren on Gargano through maybe an announce table, or he tries to do the same thing that he did to Gargano back at NXT. Well, I think that was actually last year's Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. Oh my gosh, that would actually be amazing if Tommaso Champa were to win with that uh, air raid siren or the Celtic cross, as a lot of people know it as, uh, off of one announce table through like a barrier, like a like a pit of tables. That'd be amazing. And that's how he wins. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, it's kind of like sick irony or sick justice for Tommaso Ciampa. It just would be absolutely amazing to see. It's, oh boy, it's it's going to turn out to be a really good event. I am looking forward to uh, well, I think it's getting close to my bedtime. Uh, it's going to be a really good match, and it's going to be a really good event. I'm looking forward to it, and it's going to be absolutely amazing. So, with that, I think I've covered everything that I've needed to cover for this week in wrestling. Uh, still a lot to come within the forthcoming week. Uh, Sunday will be the return of Change the F Up, where I will be talking about the Star Wars prequels. First off, with Phantom Menace on Monday, we'll have a Monday review where there's a lot to review, and mainly it's about trailers, not that much in the way of movies, but, uh, yeah, there's these trailers are, wow, they are definitely going to be worth talking about. And then, of course, next week will be a solo episode of The Game Changer, where I will talk about the 10 most emotional moments in movies, as well as TV. It's going to be an absolutely great deal. And also... That's going to be the day that I see Deadpool 2. So, it's going to be great. So, with that, you can always follow us on Twitter. You can give us a like on our Facebook fan page. It's in the comment section. It's in the description, I should say. So, thank you guys so much for joining me here. And, don't forget to check us out. And be sure to 
keep an eye out for all the crazy stuff that's going to be happening because this next month is going to be absolutely insane. So thank you guys so much for joining me here for The Game Changer. I've been Nate the Effing Great. I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.